and psychologically how do you get rest mentally let's say I read um, I sometimes watch movies just uh, the, the, the purpose is to change your your uh, occupation for for some minutes or hours uh, uh, but I really don't have an answer to this question uh, this is not an easy uh, side of what we do I can certainly relax my left shoulder but how do I relax uh, myself that is that is a very difficult different and difficult question hmm. And uh, since you are teaching, how how do you see how, like in modern world, young violinists can prosper and find some inspiration in doing music? Because nowadays, classical music may be not so much popular, and of course, financially stuff for musicians. Uh, I tell all my students the same story, and it's a true story. Uh, a young pianist came to Leonard Bernstein in Tanglewood and asked him to listen to him, his playing, and Bernstein didn't have time, but he said, I will give you an advice in any case. Go sit on this bench and try to imagine if there is anything else in the world that you could imagine that you could do besides music. And if you can imagine, you should go and do it. Uh. I actually know this person. Wow. Uh, we are at the, at the point, and I am not one of the people who is going to scream, oh, classical music is dying. Not, nothing is dying. We've been screaming this for 300 years and we're still this is it's all cyclical of course and there there is up and down uh, and we never know at which point we are is it is are we down or are we up we we, we just don't know um, but uh, I really do believe that what we do it doesn't matter your uh, uh, teacher in in the music school your you are a quartet player, you, you play in the orchestra, you play solo, you, that does, it really doesn't matter. If you are a musician, it's clear we're not going to be wealthy because of playing violin. I think you and I know it very well. We hopefully will have a, a, a life that can afford us let us do what we want, and that is to, to, to make music. Uh, it is clear that this, this profession is very difficult, yeah, on every level, physically, emotionally. Uh, this is not a profession that, that will let you come home at five o'clock when the office is closed and forget what you did today. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's just not possible. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we do it, I think we should do it for the right reasons. Yes, we need to survive. In order to survive, you have to build a career, whichever way it is. Yeah. 
in order to, to do that, there, there is a whole list of procedures. But your reason why you do it needs to be right. And then, then this is all fine. Then it's all worth it because at the end of the day you do it because you cannot do anything else. And then, as they say, be my guest. If, if not, uh, this is not a, a, a job. And I don't mean job in 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 any uh, negative way. Yeah, for at least for me, I don't see it as my work. I I'm incredibly fortunate to make my living from my hobby. Hobby is something you love. Yeah, that's basically it. So uh, advice to students: uh, practice slowly. <laughs> That's, that's the advice. Everything else, they just need to be realistic and it doesn't matter what age. They need to be realistic. Uh, what for? Why do we do it? Uh, and, and I'm not trying to you know, paint a picture of a great hero. No, <laughs> far, 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 far from it. But if you decide to do it, you should know why. But for, for me, for example, personally, I find that I cannot, like, I can like rest for one, maybe two days, but after two days, I I want to play music. And it's really like, I can't live without music. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, sometimes when you're playing every day, like work, practicing, work, practicing, and you feel so much, like, too much, like, <laughs> And you described a routine. Yeah. Uh, that could be a big danger. I can imagine. I, I've never experienced it myself. But I always give an example of my teacher in Dallas. Uh, his name was Arkady Fomin. Um, this was an example of musician's life well lived. He was a musician, a violinist, Tutti, in Dallas Symphony. Since... 1974, I think. He passed away in, in 2015. So he played in that orchestra for all, over 40 years. Um, he taught at university. He founded festivals, not one, few. Uh, festivals that included uh, both teaching and playing uh, in Austria, in New Mexico, in Colorado, in, in Dallas. He found in Dallas a conservatory, which in, in, in the United States, it's a, it's a pre-college institution for young children. Uh, they toured regularly with the chamber orchestra of that conservatory. They toured in Europe, they toured in the States, they played at the White House in Carnegie Hall. He had his piano trio that played about 20, 25 concerts every season with concerts in Carnegie Hall every year with review in Strad magazine, all very respectable and, and recordings made. He had his hands and it, it, he did it all himself. Nobody came to him and said, here is a conservatory for you. He built 
everything himself. He dreamt everything, and he made it happen. Uh, he was always complaining how busy he is and how he has no time for anything. And at the same time, he would give me three lessons a day. Oh, okay. When, when it was necessary. Uh, I do think of life, but he was a happy man. He was, he was fulfilled artistically because he did not have routine. That's, that's where I'm going with this. He, he had so much to do that he could not, and what, what is routine? Routine is boredom. Yes. Yeah, that's just very, very simple fact. He couldn't possibly be bored. He didn't have the time to be bored. Yeah, because he was always worried about something. He was all in, uh, you know, in, in September, he would call me and say, this is the last time I'm doing festival. We will never have enough, enough students. It's going to be a disaster. It will be a complete flop. I'm, I'm quitting. I'm never going to do it again. And then in April, he will tell me, I will never do this festival again. This is, this is absolutely terrible. We have 70 extra students. They have no place to sleep. Now we need to find a, a, a dormitory and rent extra space. It, it was always a uh, matter how to make sure he can do everything he has on his plate. He did, he did all of it on the highest level he could. Uh, I think this is an example of how to live life, for me. Yeah, and uh, this podcast is an example for me how to do not only routine, but also something what you enjoy. There you go. That's, it, it doesn't matter what it is, I think. It, it is your choice. It could be, uh, for some people, it, it could be painting a picture every, every morning. Even if nobody sees it, you do it for yourself. Mm. That's the, the, and I imagine for if I would do something like this, a, a podcast, for me it would be a chance to learn. Of course. Of you, course. you meet different people and you absorb information. This is fantastic. Yeah, and you also get some inspiration in these talks. I can because, because you meet the great violinists. Yeah. So... Be aware of routine. <laughs> okay, so you should always uh, look for something to create. I think so. I think mm. so. This oh. is, I, I think it, 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 the, the unhappiness, and I see quite often, unfortunately, uh, our colleagues who are not inspired. Yeah, who, I, I think it, it comes from that. Every, everyone is different, and every, every life and story is different. But it is, at the end of the day, essentially, it is up, up to us. It, is, it should be, and I do think it is in our hands. Yeah, it's very easy to get bored with this routine. Yeah. Absolutely. I would be bored too if this was a routine. <laughs> of course. And boredom will lead you to some kind of depression, and then it's, exactly. it's not a great situation. I, I understand it very well. And, uh, for example, I don't know how your childhood was, but mine was that you just practice, practice, practice all the time. How important communication skills for musicians and violinists? 
essential. Okay. Of course. And my childhood was exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, for me it was difficult actually. It's also one of the reasons of this podcast to find some communication skills because we just practice all our lives and, and, and then we get some difficulties in real life. You know? <laughs> well, I can tell you that uh, most of my friends, my closest friends, are from my childhood. Uh, my regular pianist, uh, with whom I work all the time, he works. We play recitals together. He, he plays in my master classes. Uh, Evgeny Sinaiski. We've been friends since the first grade. We sat at the same desk uh, since we were seven years old. Uh, he happened to be and become an extraordinary musician. He would have been my friend no matter what, but. Uh, so we, we, we have luxury of close, closest friendship and being colleagues, which is, of course, great, great joy. Uh, but it, it's communication, luckily for me, was built in, in, in the childhood. Or you see your colleague here, Rainis, whom I've known for also probably 40 years now, uh, if not more. Uh, we, we all know each other from school and, and uh, this, this relation is, is uh, I think it is very important. Mm. Oh, it's interesting. You told you are reading some books, maybe you have some favorite. Favorite is the one I haven't read yet. <laughs> okay. I'm now reading an interesting uh, um, or looks like it's going to be interesting, I just started. Um, it's a biography of uh, Maria Yudina, the great Russian pianist. Uh, and it's written by a lady who wrote, I think, the best biography of Shostakovich that I have read, and I've read many. Uh, Elizabeth Wilson, she, she is a cellist, she studied She's an, an, an English woman who studied in Moscow with Rostropovich in, in the 60s and 70s, before Rostropovich left Soviet Union. Uh, and she, she made a phenomenal research on Rostropovich, truly an extra, extraordinary book. So, and Maria Yudina was this incredible uh, cult figure in a way, uh, ultra-religious, uh, uh, she was n known to fight uh, for people who were repressed. She would go and bring letters to, to uh, imprisoned priests in Gulag, and mm. bring letters from them to each other. It, uh, she, she would uh, openly, openly oppose the regime. She was in a... In a uh, uh, under huge pressure all, all her life, no water. She didn't live too long. Uh, an amazing artist, absolutely amazing artist. One of those that you you would you listen to her. I never heard her life, but you listen to, to to her recordings. You disagree with everything, and yet you cannot imagine that this can be played differently. It has such an enormous power of of conviction. It's, oh, so I'm, I hope the book is good. Oh, no. So this book about Shostakovich? Yeah. 
Interesting. I highly recommend it. Elizabeth Wilson. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, what do you think, like I find, uh, for example, because we have so many different conductors in orchestra coming and soloists, I myself find that the best ones who can not just read what is written, but also read what is not written in this <laughs> course. Uh, I am now being devil's advocate. I, I, I do not disagree with you. Okay. But this is very subjective, what you're saying. Okay. It is very, very subjective. You say this is being able to find something that's not written, and somebody else will say, oh, they're perver perverting the, exactly. the, the message. It's such a fine line. But it's same like this Bach, like you never can satisfy everyone because everyone has You can never them. satisfy everyone, period. Doesn't, <laughs> does it matter Bach, Unsubching, uh, or Shostakovich? It really, and uh, sorry, I'm going to maybe say something uh, not per especially correct, but we don't make music to satisfy. Oh. Yeah, we will make music because we need to make music. And we are fortunate when we have people who need to listen to us. Then this is, this is when happiness happens. Mm -hmm. The only person I could apply that word satisfy would be composer. Yeah, I would yeah. love for a composer to tell me that that was close to what I wanted, or that was exactly how I wanted, or a little bit. Uh, that is something that is very, very important to me. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I, I just finished uh, the Sibelius Academy in Helsinki in December. I had final exam for master degree. And it was like 10 or 12 people in jury. And you know, everyone has their own opinion. Of course. <laughs> and sometimes it's totally... Opposite. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. <laughs> Same with auditions in orchestra. One audition you play, they say it's too romantic, and next one they say, oh, it's not enough, I don't know, expression. <laughs> you do what you think is right. That's... There is no other way, I think. Yeah, so just play it. It's right for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that I don't care that people enjoy what they hear, I mean, the audience. Of course mm -hmm. I do. Otherwise, why would they go on stage? But it's physically not possible to satisfy every taste. Yeah, I, I like salty and you like sweets. How are yeah, we going exactly. to agree? But at the same time, public should like it somehow. <laughs> I, I sincerely, with all my heart, hope so. Yeah. Well... I wish you, public will like you tomorrow. In our I concert. hope public likes Vasks. Yeah, okay. My goal is this. It really doesn't matter if public likes me or not. Okay. That's, the, it, it's irrelevant. I, I very much think so. Yeah, it's uh, these modern composers you express not only yourself, but also composer. 
it's with every composer. It just yeah, but Beethoven cannot say that. He <laughs> cannot. <laughs> but... <laughs> he, can, he cannot. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you, our listeners, for listening, and see you next episode. Bye. Mm-hmm.